0: Welcome to the Practical Growth Podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on medium.com, published author and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self-discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, Practical guidance and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome back to your favorite podcast out there. This is the Practical Growth Podcast. I am your host, EB, and today hitting you again with another great subject that I know is going to totally transform the way you see your healing journey the way you kind of see yourself and the way you're approaching this kind of relationship that you have with the toxic family or the dysfunctional childhood that you have behind you. Yes, that's right. Today, we are going to be talking more about childhood trauma, but specifically, we're going to be talking about how our childhood trauma affects and plays out in our adult relationships. That's right. I'm going to be taking you into the heart of how childhood trauma breaks down our adult relationships, specifically our intimate relationships, our romantic relationships. And then we're going to tackle some techniques for how we can kind of heal, recover and piece together healthier ways of connecting to the people that we love most in this world. Before we jump in, though, this is one last call for all of those who are interested in getting coached by me. Uh, This current session was a total hit. Thank you, TikTok. Total, total and complete fill up. All the spots are gone. and now. All the spots are almost gone for my next session, which is going to be kicking off July 28th. So if you're actually serious about improving your life in 2022, if you're serious about recovering from narcissistic abuse from your toxic childhood, if you're serious about feeling better, having healthy relationships, then this is going to be one of the last opportunities that you have to work with me and to make that happen. This is an eight week private one on one NLP coaching program that means you work with me every single week and we conquer everything that means the trauma from your childhood that means the relationships that you're struggling with right now that means your goals as far as sobriety fitness weight loss whatever it is, if you are ready to completely reprogram your mindsets your beliefs the way you see yourself then this is your program. You need to apply now because there's only a couple spots left for this next session. And I'm not going to be doing that many more this year. So you need to apply head over to real ebjohnson.com slash working with me. If you want to get involved, remember we are halfway through this year. So now is the time to gut check. What are you going to do? Are you going to go into 2023 carrying on the way you felt this year? With the relationships you've had this year, with the trauma, the chaos, the conflict, the heartbreak that you've had this year, it's up to you. You can keep doing the same thing or you can do something differently and you can get me to help you do it. So, again, if you'd like to apply for one-on-one coaching with me, head over to therealebjohnson.com slash working with me. Right back into it. Childhood trauma and our adult relationships. What the heck Happens? Why is it that so many of us with these really turbulent, upsetting, toxic childhoods end up having these really chaotic, upsetting, conflict-filled, resentment-filled relationships in our adult lives? Uh, It's not an accident, okay? It's not an accident. It's very much by design. Our upbringing affects everything everything about our adult lives. And that's not to take away accountability from the choices that you make. Those things still exist. But essentially, your upbringing changes the way you see yourself. And that changes the way that you interact with the world at large. The examples that are set by your parents, the relationships you hold with your caretakers and your siblings throughout your childhood, that informs forever, forever and ever, the way you see the world around you, the way you see every single person you encounter, the way you see yourself, your children, what you see when you look in the mirror, it changes your relationships fundamentally from the ground up. So if you have awful, warped, abusive relationships in childhood, that becomes the norm. That becomes what you manifest, what you perpetuate in your adult life. And it works the same way, right? Even if you don't have Directly a toxic relationship with your adult caretakers, if you watched them struggle, if you watched them battle each other and the world around them their entire lives, what do you think you grow up to copy and to do? There's historical patterns that arch all the way back to these complex relationships that we have in our childhoods. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. We're going to talk about how childhood trauma affects our adult relationship building skills. We're going to talk about why these effects happen, why it has such a lasting, lingering, nasty stink on the way we connect to others. And then we're also going to talk about what we can do to change things and to build happier partnerships throughout our futures. You know, I said that it's no mistake, right, that you have messed up adult relationships when you have messed up relationships in childhood. And it's very true. There's a lot of science to this. There's a lot of studies. There's a lot of research out there. The trauma that we experience in childhood lasts a lifetime. It doesn't switch off when we turn 18. It doesn't like magically go away when we start having our own families or anything like that. It follows us, right? It manifests in unlikely places like our intimate relationships because it's damage. It's literal trauma that's inflicted onto your nervous system. And when your nervous system is damaged as a child, it disrupts your cognitive, mental, and emotional development. That changes the way you make decisions. That changes your self-esteem, your self-concept. It creates, frankly, adults who struggle entirely to make sense of themselves and the relationships that they're building. If you were someone who experienced a serious amount of mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, or even, you know, in the very rare case, like some kind of material abuse in childhood, then it warps your adult relationships and your ability to form loving and stable, healthy adult relationships. And here's how. Number one, it completely annihilates your sense of trust. Okay, we start building trust the moment that we're born, that sense of trust, which builds our sense of stability, our sense of security. Our relationship with our caretakers is the first reference point we have. For this idea of trust. So when that relationship is funky. When it's messed up. When it's abusive. When it hurts us. When it gives us a sense of danger. We learn Well we can't rely on our parents. So we surely can't rely on anybody else. If I can't trust my mom. If I can't trust my dad. My grandparents. My siblings. Well then I surely can't trust this stranger. Who I've only known for six months. Who just told me that they love me. When you can't trust your idols in childhood. It becomes hard if not impossible For you to form trust in adulthood, it's a nasty cycle. Trust is a skill just like anything else. And if you learn that you can't trust, you learn that you can't trust. There's also a loss or an inability to be open. Like there's this loss of openness and vulnerability that comes when you are a child of dysfunction, when you are a child of abuse stable and trusting relationships, right? It goes back to that trust requires partners that are willing to open up and share themselves, right? If we want that forever, happy, ever after relationship, you know, we have to be able to open up and like show all the vulnerable parts of ourselves, the scary parts of ourselves, what we perceive to be weaknesses or shortcomings. But when you have childhood trauma and you don't resolve it, you can find it impossible to share yourself, right? Because that's not something that's safe in the dysfunctional childhood. So then you learn it's not safe to do with others. If your insecurities, if your mistakes are weaponized against you by your family, then you come to associate that same weaponization with your other intimate relationships. You look for a partner who's going to shoot you in the dark. So you don't don't trust them and you'll never be vulnerable with them. And because you never open up and show that vulnerability, you can't really build a super, super deep and lasting relationship. They require that vulnerability. They require that willingness to expose ourselves in order for the partnerships to become rewarding and fulfilling. So if that's what you want, you have to learn how to open up and that's a part of healing. Now, this third kind of effect here is poor decision-making. Poor decision-making. Um, as I said, trauma in childhood, it literally damages the brain. It changes the way we are able to, To think and that that includes the way we are able to think critically childhood doesn't just impact your emotional equilibrium okay your brain chemistry gets changed it impairs your cognitive development and that means it affects your ability to think rationally to retain memories and even to process the emotional information it's being overwhelmed with so yeah that leads to individuals who settle for relationships that don't add up partners who are damaging stupid and otherwise toxic it's you fall right into the trap when you can't make healthy decisions that are, you know, lateral that required lateral thinking that are multi-layered complex. Now, the fourth kind of effect that you usually see here um, in adults who were raised in abusive or dysfunctional environments in childhood is you can find many of them developing their own abusive behavior, OK, which plays out and ruins their relationships in adulthood. Abusive people, abusive behavior doesn't typically happen randomly and by mistake. Yeah. It's usually behaviors that are learned. People learn that they are able to get away with those things because most abusers are raised in abusive environments themselves, or at the very least, an environment in which abuse was not discouraged. So someone who is willing to harm or punish their partner because they want a sense of justice or they want to feed some deeper need to put their pain onto other people More often than not, that comes from a toxic childhood. And until you put a stop to it, until you like sit in your tracks and radically accept yourself, look at yourself for who you really are, that will continue to ruin every relationship that you're in. Now, number five is very interesting. This kind of fifth effect that we find in adult children of abusive environments, and that is total loss of emotional intelligence, emotional regulation. If you find that controlling your emotions is a battle, if you find that you never were taught how to be angry, how to be sad, how to be happy, and how to balance all of these emotions, it's usually tied to some type of dysfunction in childhood, because guess what? That is when we learn how to control our emotions. That is when we are taught, hey, it's safe to express your emotions, and this is how you do it. So what happens when things go wrong? Do you find yourself exploding, lashing out? Do you have a total inability to command your own emotions? Well, look back at your childhood. What happened when you got angry? How did your parents treat you when you were sad? If you got lashed out a lot, you learn to lash out a lot. If you learn that every time there's anger, we just vomit it on other people. That is what you will do in your adult relationships. If your parents don't teach you how to handle your emotions or if they batter you with their emotions, that's what you do in your relationships. And guess what? People don't put up with that. It's exhausting and it's abusive. Now, the sixth effect, and this is one of the kind of final effects that you find. But the sixth effect is just absolutely toxic attachment, toxic, toxic attachments. We learn how to attach healthily early in our childhoods, very early on in life. And we learn that. On one level, through our own personal interactions with our caretakers, right? They take care of us. They meet that 25 to 30% of our needs to make us feel safe. And we know that they always show up for us and that they love us unconditionally. And then the other level is the interactions that we watch them engage in themselves, right? If you see your mother and father engage in these really nasty, insecure toxic attachment relationships where they're just clinging to someone who's pushing them away or they're chasing someone who's just horrible to them you will copy that in your own childhood again it comes down to these baselines the experiences that we have in childhood over and over again our subconscious comes to associate those things as a baseline it's it's just what we see is the norm and that's what we will seek in our adult relationships. So if you watched a lot of extremely unhealthy attachment, people flipping from one side to the other, pushing people away, exploding, really attaching to someone else super fast before they have all the details, you'll copy that unhealthy attachment in your own life too. And last but not least, when you are a child of these toxic, abusive environments, you grow up to have relationships in which you struggle to show up. And that happens on so many levels. When I say show up, I mean, supporting your partner, being a present, reliable source of mental, emotional, material support, whatever it is. Also, the way you communicate, right? Showing up is the way we present. It's the way we engage. It's the way we plug in and act out in these relationships. And if you never get taught how to do those things in a healthy way, guess what? You're not going to do it in a healthy way in your adult relationships. So you end up being someone who ghosts your partners, someone who builds one-sided relationships. You expect your partner to constantly pour into you because you're the victim, but you never pour back into them. This is how these relationships are built. It's all built on these patterns that were taught by our parents. If you want to have these partnerships where you can speak up, confidently and civilly and respectfully for yourself where you don't settle fools and you don't settle for people who treat you badly. All of those skills have to be learned. And they're usually learned through the examples that are set by our parents throughout childhood. So why does this have such a lasting effect on us? Why is it that something that happened in our childhood, something that happened 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, continues to derail our intimate relationships? Why do we struggle to build stable marriages, stable partnerships, any kind of stable dating life when we grow up being abused or traumatized in our childhood environment? Well, one, as I mentioned at the top, it destroys that base sense of safety and trust. Your family is that first kind of point in which you learn to associate life with being stable, with you being able to kind of let your guard down, be okay, explore your environment, explore your surroundings, explore yourself. When you can't ever get yourself to this level Um, safety, this sense of trust, this sense of stability and health in your childhood, you're going to struggle to find that in your adulthood. Why? Because you don't know what it feels like. You literally have never experienced it. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know how people put those kinds of environments together. So when our childhoods are dysfunctional, when they're chaotic, when they are just filled with conflict and filled with all kinds of ups and downs, It destroys that core sense of safety that we need in order to feel safe as adults inside of our intimate relationship. Now, the second biggest factor behind this childhood trauma and why it warps our adult relationships is because it destabilizes our sense of self. And if you've kind of looked around at different things, you've probably heard this before. It comes up time and time again in childhood trauma. When you're traumatized as a child, your sense of self gets destabilized. And that's true. And here's why. In childhood, as you are developing, you start to recognize who you are. Extremely young, around two to four years old, you're developing your personal identity. You're figuring it out, what it means to be you, what you believe in, what you like, what you're interested in, right? All of these things start extremely young. And the responsibility of our families, right? And this includes our parents. It includes any other caretakers, includes siblings, cousins, any family, that's in a place of authority over you, that's in a place of siblingship with you, if they don't make it safe for you to explore yourself, to figure out who you are, to figure out what you enjoy in this world, then you won't ever safely develop that confident sense of self, that confident sense of I am this person, I like this and I want my life to look this way. You can't do that without having a family that makes it safe for you as a child to do that. So if you're getting screamed and yelled at, if you're being forced into conformity and punished if you don't project whatever kind of mask that your family wants you to project as their child, if you get punished for that, if your life gets made harder for that, if you learn that you won't be accepted for that, if you won't be safe for that, then you never learn who you are. You never figure it out. And if you don't know who you are, how the heck do you go out into the world and form stable relationships? You don't, because you can't align yourself with someone who truly has what you need. You can't align yourself with someone who has the same values, the same beliefs, the same goals, the same drives, the same desire in life. You can't, because you don't know what that is. So you can't match it to the right person. So knowing who we are, having this stable core sense of authentic self is an absolute must, an absolute must in building and maintaining Healthy intimate relationships throughout our adulthood and last but not least the reason that this childhood trauma affects us so deeply in our intimate relationships is because it sets psychological baselines that we submit to throughout our adult lives. And I mentioned these baselines a little bit earlier. And basically, baselines, its it happens this way, right? Any kind of environment you're raised in, it sets baselines for every aspect of your life, for your relationships, your career, your friendships, what you think about yourself, how you interact with the world, all of those things. And these baselines are what you consider to be the norm. So if you grow up with mom and dad hitting each other every day. Your child's mind comes to subconsciously set this baseline that that is what relationships look like. They look like people who punch each other every day. And that's simply not true. Childhood trauma sets us up for those kinds of warped, toxic baselines in our adult relationships. Our subconscious seeks out these norm quote unquote, normal environments that it's gotten used to, even if they're terrible, even if they're dysfunctional, even if they're abusive, because subconsciously you go, well, this is normal. This is what everyone does. This is where I'm comfortable because this is where I've always existed. And that is why so many of us, even if we know it's wrong, pursue these horribly damaging relationships because we're in that baseline. That is our comfort zone. We're going to gravitate towards those types of people who will provide us with that toxic type of environment." Again and again and again. Fine. It's all good and well to lay it all out there, to have it all exposed, to understand why our relationships are so dysfunctional, why we just can't find the right partner, why we just keep detonating ourselves, self-sabotaging these relationships and playing out the same nasty, abusive behaviors that we hated so much in our childhood. It's great to see all that, but seeing it is nothing if you don't then act on it, if you don't take that knowledge to improve your life. So here it is, my three steps. If you're really serious about recovering from childhood trauma and building intimate adult relationships that are actually worth the work that you have to put into them, because make no mistake, even the perfect relationship with the ideal partner that you've always dreamed of is going to be work because life is hard. So if you want to get to that point where you can do healthy work with a healthy partner, this is what you need to do to recover from your childhood trauma and build happy. Stable relationships. Are you ready? Number one, and it's the solution people don't like to hear, but therapy. You need to talk to somebody who knows what the heck they're doing, what the heck they're talking about, who can help you really uncover these layers, understand at a professional level what is going on to kind of help you unlock the doors on the patterns that keep coming up for you, the bad relationship do overs that keep raising their ugly heads in every intimate relationship you try to build with a partner. Now, therapy, you know, it's not always been an option for everyone. Therapy used to be a thing that was so insanely expensive. You had to have the right insurance, you had to be in the right cities, the right towns. But we're living in a different age, especially since COVID, and therapy is now more accessible than it's ever been before. So you need to get out there, get in the trenches and find a professional who is trauma informed. And that's specific. Now you have to ask them if they are trauma informed and ask them what experience they've had in the trauma fields, but you need to find a professional who can help you get really serious. and can help shine a light on the path that you need to take to achieve active healing and recovery for yourself, your partner, your family, Now, once you have secured some type of therapy, you've gotten out of your way, you've stopped making excuses, and you're getting yourself on track, the second thing you have to do is to adopt mindfulness. Yes, that's right, mindfulness. And I'm not talking about going and sitting in a park and meditating and writing about it on your Instagram, okay? Sure, meditation is a part of it, but that's not what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is learning how to be aware of yourself, aware of your body, aware of your emotions. It's building emotional intelligence. It's finding the strength to be present with your thoughts, to handle your emotions instead of avoiding them. Mindfulness is awareness. It's awareness of who you are right now in this second. It's awareness of your past and how it's affecting your future, how it's being brought to light in the decisions that you make and the actions that you take. And most importantly, the relationships that you build with other people. Mindfulness is complex. It happens in so many different ways. Yes, you can meditate, but you also need to learn how to journal, how to have conversations with yourself, how to sit, act, react, have conversations with your body and with your mind. It's learning to question your reactions, question your behaviors, question your patterns and your cycles. And it's something that takes a lot of practice to do. And this is usually once you've gone from this kind of therapy, these beginnings, and you start Acting into mindfulness, this is where I tell people a coach becomes really important because coaches can get us super active in these mindfulness practices, get us accountable to ourselves for ourselves. And that's especially why NLP is so effective, because in this stage, in this mindfulness stage, when we're learning to be aware of our thoughts, our patterns, our beliefs, our values, our behaviors. NLP can actually come in and help us reprogram those things, right? Reprogram those core values, beliefs, behaviors that were put in us by these toxic, dysfunctional, abusive childhoods. And we can actually program ourselves to see and believe different things. And that instantly changes our behavior. The minute you change your beliefs, you change your behaviors and you change the way you react. That's why NLP is so great. Once we've hit that mindfulness stage of our recovery, last but not least, the third step to recovering from your childhood trauma and building that perfect relationship, that perfect forever relationship or these ideal friendships, whatever it is, relationship wise that you want to build is a hunger, a thirst for continued knowledge and continued education and I'm not talking about therapy here, right? I'm not saying you have to sit in a therapist's office and continue to be lectured by someone for the rest of your life. I'm not even really saying that you have to go out and like get a college degree. But what I am saying is that once you've gotten to this place, you've uncovered your childhood trauma, you've become mindful, you've become aware, you need to then seek out the skills that you know you haven't been given. You have to educate yourself on what real relationships look like. Spend as much time learning about interpersonal relationship skills as you do learning about that video game that you love or that singer that you're obsessed with or that movie that just came out or that fandom that you're like knee deep in, okay? Educate yourself. Figure out what it means to be a good partner to another person. It's a skill just like reading, writing, running, any of those things. It's a skill and you have to build knowledge. And then on top of that knowledge, you have to build behaviors, build actions, be hungry, to know more get out there and ingest all of the free knowledge that is out there to ingest that can help you be a better citizen in your relationship what do you think how has your childhood trauma impacted your adult relationships has it you know made it hard for you to trust yourself when you're picking partners has it made it hard for you to trust others when you're trying to build a long-term relationship and you're faced with challenges Are you picking partners that have the same goals? Are you picking partners that value you? Or are you just settling for more of the same crap that was getting hoisted on you when you were a kid? Childhood trauma is not a small thing. It is not something to just blow over. We are at a crossroads in our species, and it's time to make a decision. We can either become more aware, we can become kinder, we can become gentler, or we can keep perpetuating this trauma. We can keep shutting the door, turning off the lights, and pretending that there's not a giant mess in that closet. And that will be the end. Or we can make the choice right now to accept, acknowledge what happened. Yes. Acknowledge the mistakes that you've made, the decisions you've made, the part you've played, but you have to acknowledge everyone else's role in it too. Because here's the truth. It's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. Yes. You are completely responsible for your life, but your life is irrevocably tied to your family, to your parents, to the people who by design brought you into this world and programmed you with the beliefs, values, thoughts, and behaviors that put you where you're at today that gave you the ability to make whatever decisions you've made up until this point. And that's the real rub. If we're going to heal this childhood trauma, we have to accept and radically heal both sides of the equation. And that's that's truly, that's the hard part acceptance of them and acceptance of ourselves. But I'll tell you what, when you get to the other side of it, love is that much deeper and that much more valuable. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that there was something in here that has helped you. I hope it's given you some direction. It's given you some inspiration. It's given you some motivation to make it happen for yourself. If you loved this episode, I would be forever grateful if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review of the show. Just, you know, leave a couple words, let them know what you love, what really helped you, what got you fired up. And if you do that and you take a screenshot, I will actually give you a free ebook. Dead simple. All you gotta do is take a screenshot, email it to me, or you can send it to me on Instagram. That's it, free ebook for a quick five-star review. Nothing better than that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Again, I really hope that this helped you. And until next time, keep your heads up. Keep moving forward. Bye-bye.